0: Hey there! Thanks for tuning in to St John's Ashfield Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Sydney's inner west, following Jesus and helping people find grace, learn hope, and be light. If you'd like to visit us or find out more, go to cciw.church.
1: Tonight is taken from Psalm 98, a psalm. O sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gotten Him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Our second reading tonight is taken from uh, the letter to the Colossians, uh, chapter 3, starting at verse 12 to verse 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Uh, Every human culture throughout the whole of human history sings. Uh, Australia's uh, First Nations people have uh, what they call their song lines, dreamtime songs that they use to, to learn and to navigate the land. Uh, all the major religious traditions of the world employ uh, chants, particularly to aid memorization of their holy texts. Uh, the Welsh, you might know, have their astonishing uh, culture of communal harmony singing. Uh, researchers amongst the peoples of the Amazon have come to the conclusion uh, that they sing there for one simple reason, it makes me happy. It makes them happy to sing. And there's evidence even that the prehistoric Neanderthals sang, and some anthropologists suggested actually maybe the human race learned to sing even before it learned to speak in words. We sing for joy. We sing to express grief. We sing stories. We sing ideas. We sing as children to learn. We sing as adults for the sheer enjoyment of it. Uh, Talking to yourself is a sign that maybe something's going a little wrong inside your head. But singing to yourself is a sign of a peaceful and joyful heart. Uh, In their book, The History of Singing, uh, John Potter and Neil Sorrell, academics in the Faculty of Music at the University of York, uh, summarise the findings uh, of anthropologists and musicologists and historians in this way. We sing because we must. It's so common and so widespread throughout human history and culture that it wouldn't be unreasonable to say that singing and singing together is a fundamental and universal human activity. Uh, The leading uh, figure of the Protestant Reformation, uh, Martin Luther, a strong advocate of singing in churches and a writer of hymns himself, went as far as to say this, that after the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. And indeed, singing has always been a part of the life of the people of God. Uh, The Bible is full of singing. Uh, In the Psalms, we have a whole book of songs expressing the full range of human uh, experience and emotion. And we often find God's people breaking out into song at quite significant moments in the story of salvation. The Israelites sang on the shore of the Red Sea when God drowned the Egyptian army. Their musicians played and the people sang and King David danced with all his might before the Lord when the Ark of the Covenant was brought home. The faithful teenager Mary sang when she uh, discovered that she would carry a child from the Lord and when the old man Simeon met the infant Jesus in the temple, he burst forth in song. Where he had grown Jesus himself sang a hymn with his disciples before he went out to the Mount of Olives on the night that he was betrayed. Human beings sing, but why? Uh, after the sermon, the next most time-consuming element of our Sunday gatherings is singing together generally. Why? Why is that? Why is it that we actually spend so much time investing in this? And that's our question tonight. And what you see in the Bible is that singing and especially singing together actually connects us to some of the fundamental realities of the cosmos, of the way that God has made this world. It connects us to what it means to be a human being and with God, uh, with God at work in us by his spirit as well, connects us to him, our creator and redeemer. So we're going to unpack some of what the Bible says about that tonight by asking two questions. You can see them there on the screen. Firstly, uh, what are we doing when we sing? And secondly, what are we doing when we sing together? And you can see the answers are already up there for you. That's where we're going to go this evening. Firstly, what are we doing when we sing? Uh, answer A, we're tuning ourselves to creation. Uh, in the Bible, uh, singing isn't reserved for people. Psalm 98, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, break forth into song and sing praises. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy. Psalm 148, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. You love Loch Ness getting to praise the Lord. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Psalm 150, right at the end of the book of Psalms, concludes for us, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Throughout the Psalms and throughout the whole of the scriptures, the whole earth sings the praises of God. The whole of creation exists to glorify the creator. And when we sing, we tune into that praise that creation gives to the creator. When you sing, you are interacting, of course, with the created world in a really direct and profound way. Singing is a really strongly embodied experience. Uh, Music itself, uh, in general, is a profoundly physical act, of course, Uh, even though music can feel kind of otherworldly and ethereal and can take you out of yourself in some way. Music is nonetheless beautifully ordered sound, and sound is vibrating air molecules. And so what you do when you sing is that you literally breathe in the creation around you into your own body, and then exhale it again, breathe it out. In singing, just as in all of life, we depend on the world in which God has placed us in, you can't sing without being part of the world, and as you sing, you share in the praise that all creation offers to God. At the same time, though, when you sing, you take part in that really special role that God has given to the human race. As we read in Genesis 2 to till and to keep the earth, to take what God has made and to shape it into something, bringing it to flourishing and fulfillment. Any great piece of art or music, any good that we do in the world, is that kind of thing that takes what God has given in creation and makes it something more uh, to glorify him. Singing does exactly that, and I can tell you, even if it's not very good singing, all singing does something like that. Because you don't just breathe in the creation around you and breathe it out again, you actually change it as you do so. You breathe air into your lungs, and then you breathe it out using your diaphragm and your lungs and your vocal cords and your tongue and your lips to amplify and transform breath into song. When we sing, we're in tune with creation. And at the same time, you begin to tune God's creation into something new and good and beautiful that brings glory to him. First answer to our first question, what do we do when we sing? We're tuning ourselves to creation. Secondly, though, we're also tuning our souls. Your body is an instrument, you see, and when you sing, you tune it to the song of creation. But, of course, you aren't just a body, and when you sing, you also tune your soul. When we find singing in the Bible, we find not only tongues and lungs and lips singing, but also hearts and souls. So Psalm 71, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have rescued. Psalm 84, my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Psalm 108, my heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. According to the Bible, we're not just flesh, we're also spiritual beings, and those things, you see, are inseparable. It's not that we have a body and we also have a spirit. It's that we are a body and a spirit inseparably. That's what it is to be a human being. And so, according to the Psalms, and as we'll see in a little bit, according to the New Testament as well, singing integrates those things together as a whole person. It's not just our flesh that sings, but our hearts. It's not just our lips that sing, but our whole soul That word soul, in in the Old Testament especially, is a description of a human being as a whole person, the whole of what makes someone who they are. When you sing, the whole of your being is involved. and So you're not just tuning into creation, you're also tuning your soul. Uh, Singing, if you like, expresses your soul through your body. As one theologian writes, uh, singing clearly demonstrates that worship is an affair of the whole person, mind, heart, voice, and body. Uh, and in that way, singing is more than just words. Singing adds another dimension to our words. The sound of our words a take on tone and pitch, adding an even richer layer of meaning to what it is that we say. it a kind of elevated language, if you like. But when you say something true, you see, you, you know it with your mind. But when you sing something true, you feel it. You know it with your whole being tunes us into the reality that we're more than just a body, yes, but also more than just a brain. Alongside the soul, the Bible speaks of our hearts singing. Uh, And Paul, in Ephesians, uh, instructs us to sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Uh, The heart, of course, is the centre of the person where our affections are, our desires and our loves. The heart is what makes a person tick. So to sing from the heart means that singing expresses what's going on at the deepest level of what makes us who we are. Singing, therefore, can also tune our hearts. Uh, As you might know, there's a proper kind of bodily posture that helps you to sing well. Keep this in mind for when you sing a little bit later in the service. Uh, When you stand up, nice and straight, like feet just a little bit bit apart, nice and straight and tall, shoulders back. When you do that, it allows your diaphragm and your lungs to breathe more deeply and easily and to more freely tense and relax your vocal cords. The alignment of the body, tuning the body, produces a better sound. And in a similar way, singing, you see, aligns and tunes the whole human person. It both expresses the heart and it also shapes and leads the heart to feel what we know, to feel what we sing, to know it in a deeper whole person way. It's an activity of the body, the mind and the heart. So that just as you exhale air from deep within your body, you also express your affections from deep within your heart as you sing it. Uh, Each one of us, of course, does that in quite a unique way. Uh, Even when you're singing someone else's words and music, as as we do generally on a Sunday night, you do so in your own voice, a voice that's different from any other voice. The shape of your particular vocal cords and your lung capacity and your height and body mass and bone density all combine so that your voice uh, forms a kind of an audible fingerprint, if you like. You know this just from speaking to someone, a voice print, everyone sounds different. And if the psalms are right, that we sing not just with our bodies but with our souls, then perhaps actually your singing voice is kind of like a soul print, a sense in which you're most fully yourself when you sing from the heart. What are we doing when we sing? We're engaging in a whole person, body, mind and soul activity that tunes us into creation and also tunes our souls. It's a uniquely whole person affair. But what happens when singing becomes a whole community affair? What are we doing when we sing together and specifically what are we doing when we gather as God's people and with one voice to sing his praises point two what are we doing when we sing together? Uh, in chapter three of Colossians uh, Paul describes what authentic gospel-shaped community looks like and I don't know if you noticed this the climax of that of that beautiful passage involves singing together uh, here it is on the screen for you again just the last couple of verses that the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, there's three things that we learn from this. Uh, these, just these couple of verses here in Colossians about what we're doing when we sing together. Uh, and there are those three answers to this question there. Firstly, tuning ourselves to the Word. The goal of Christian community, Paul tells us here, is to let the Word of Christ dwell among you richly. Word of Christ, as opposed to the Word of God more generally, uh, is a reference here to the Gospel, actually, the good news that Jesus is Lord, that He died for sins, that he, was risen, uh, that he was raised for our justification. That's what Christian life, Christian community, and all our Christian gatherings are all about. And it's that to which our singing together contributes forming ourselves and our community, uh, community life to Christ. It's that word specifically that our singing as Christians together is meant to take up and elevate in song and sing into our hearts. Uh, In this way, and this is just an important thing to know, I think, about uh, singing together. In this way, singing is what you might call a word ministry. It's the same kind of thing in a broad kind of category as reading the Bible and as preaching. It declares the gospel and even invites us to respond to it. Singing together is meant not only to tune us into creation and to tune our souls, it's meant to tune our souls into new creation as well, to tune our souls to this tune, the song of the crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, because it's this word that we're tuning ourselves to, the words we sing really matter. And so from time to time, there might be songs that come along that have a really great melody that really captures the heart in that way, but words are kind of vague or shallow, actually. They fail to help the word of Christ get into our hearts. Uh, We want to sing better songs than that. Uh, But of course, there are also songs that have really wonderful words and boring, hard, or kind of downright depressing music to go along with it. These songs, too, fail to help the Word of Christ to get into our hearts. We want to sing better songs than that as well. Singing to do its work, the Word and the music, need to work together to serve the Word of Christ. And because the whole of our Christian gathering is about that Word of Christ, uh, we sing songs actually throughout our services, right, not just right at the start. Some Christian traditions tend to do all their singing right at the beginning and then do all the other bits after that. Generally speaking, we don't do that. We sing uh, a song or two at the beginning of our service And usually, as we did tonight, we begin with some songs of fairly general praise to God to help us approach God with the right heart as we come to worship him together amongst his people. We sing usually after the sermon to respond from the heart to the gospel that's been proclaimed. And sometimes we sing in response to other parts of the service too, after confessing our sins or declaring our faith in one of the creeds or after receiving at the Lord's table, perhaps after spending time in prayer. Sing at the end of the service, generally, to kind of embed the word of Christ that's been spoken throughout the service into our hearts as we prepare to serve the Lord through the week. Singing connects our hearts and tunes our souls to the melody of the gospel, so that we're able and ready to praise and worship God with our whole being. When we sing together, that's what we're doing. We're tuning into the word of Christ. But we're also tuning into one another. The second thing that we learn here in Colossians about what we do when we sing together is that we perhaps unsurprisingly do that together as a group. I mean, how can you sing together and not do something to you as a group of people? Singing is part of the teaching and admonishing one another. That helps the word of Christ to dwell richly among us, not just among you in your particular heart, but us as a community together. Part of how our singing together tunes us into the gospel is through the encouragement and witness of the sisters and brothers who sing alongside us and around us. There's science to back this up, actually. Uh, Increasingly, the mental health benefits of joining a choir are being recognised and written about. You'll get some psychologists and counsellors now who will say, if you're not feeling great, go and join a choir. In fact, there's research that shows that singing in groups especially fosters the release of oxytocin, uh, the hormone associated with social bonding and love and trust. The actual physiological processes that work in our bodies when we sing bear testimony to God's work among us by His Spirit to make us one body in Christ. You trust people that you sing with. There are two implications of this, I think. Uh, Firstly, uh, we each contribute something wonderfully unique to the church's praise of God, and we need all of those bits. Uh, We've spoken about how singing is a whole person activity, the heart expressed through the body, our whole being praising God and how each person's unique voice expresses kind of like a soul print or something like that when we sing. Paul describes the church as one body with many parts, and as we each bring our own soul print to the task of building the body together, we get to hear one another's contributions. Uh, in practice, uh, really, what that means is sing really loud. Like, really, don't pretend you have to sing quietly, even if you can't sing very well. Sing really loud. We want to hear your soul praising God. It encourages us. Remember what the Psalms say again and again, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't have to be good. It can barely be music, as long as it's noise and it's joyful. Sing up nice and loud when we sing together as God's people. The Lord's given you your own voice and we want to hear it. It's a joy for me to hear you singing next to me and in front of me and behind me and all around me. So sing your heart out. Whether or not what comes out is good, good, quote, unquote, good, what we hear is your soul singing to the glory of God. And we'll miss something if you hold back. Similarly, don't hold back in your singing because you can feel yourself getting a little bit emotional. Uh, Singing is the sound of the soul, in a sense, and that makes it a really vulnerable thing to sing our hearts out together in worship. But, of course, the word of Christ that's to dwell richly among us is meant to affect your affections. It's right and proper that it does so, that you feel something as you sing God's praises. And when you have those moments where your love for Jesus and your wonder at his grace spills over from your heart as you sing, You're teaching us something of the glory of the gospel, perhaps even admonishing us, challenging us to allow the good news of the Lord Jesus to work more deeply on our own hearts too. That's the first implication. Sing really loud and don't worry if you're getting a bit emotional. The second important implication of the way that singing expresses our unity as one body together, tuning into one another, is that the most important instrument in the music we make together is the voice of the congregation. Uh, an absolutely key principle of our Sunday gatherings that we've learned from the Protestant reformers is that the congregation aren't like an audience at a show, you see. They're active participants in what's happening as we worship God together. Uh, that's why our liturgy has lots of prayers that we pray aloud together. And so actually it turns out that we don't sing along with the band. Actually, the band's job is to support us. And our musos work really hard every week to make sure that every melody every arrangement and every key change amplifies the voice of the congregation so that we hear and encourage one another. You might remember in the early weeks of returning to church IRL after lockdowns over the last few years, uh, when we could actually finally hear one another sing. Do you remember what that was like? To come back after months away and to hear one another's voices as we sing together. The pandemic, in a sense, I think has helped us to remember the centrality of the congregation's voice in our worship. Uh, which is why, for me one of my favorite moments in our singing together uh, are some of those moments when the musos kind of pull back right so that I can hear you, my sisters and brothers belting out the word of Christ from your hearts that's when I know that I'm not walking the path that Jesus has laid before me alone that's when I know that I'm home here with these people as you lift your voices in praise, you don't only glorify God you say you minister to me and we minister to each other. What are we doing when we sing together where Uh, Tuning ourselves to the word, we're tuning ourselves to one another. And finally, we're tuning ourselves to grace. Uh, Finally, in this little passage from Colossians, uh, we see that actually uh, thanksgiving is at the heart of it all. To sing with gratitude in our hearts to God. To do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The gospel, of course, is a message of grace. It's God's action toward us in Jesus, fundamentally about what he has done, not what we have done. And therefore, the most basic emotional response in the Christian life is thankfulness. The key effect of the gospel on our affections is that we're going to be filled with gratitude to God in our hearts. So the basic shape of our singing together is always going to be responsive. We're responding to what God has already done for us. Uh, There's this beautiful verse uh, that kind of draws this together a bit uh, about uh, God's uh, promised salvation to his people Israel uh, in the prophet Zephaniah. The Lord your God is in your midst a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will rejoice over you with loud singing. See, all of this is because we sing thankful praises to God because he's sung his own song over us. We sing because of what he has done for us in Christ psychologists will tell us that singing especially singing together can benefit our mental well-being and so it is and actually praise god for that that's something about how he's made his creation to work that singing can help us like that when it comes down to it we don't sing because singing is good for us we sing because god has been good to us So, as the psalmist sings how good it is to sing praises to our god how pleasant and fitting to praise him Sing, we tune our hearts to his grace so we might more and more live lives of thankfulness. Uh, it's in this way, actually, that uh, I think our singing um, has uh, something of a missional edge to it, actually. Uh, we noted right back in the introduction to the sermon that every human culture throughout human history has a culture of singing, of communal singing, except I'm not sure if that's quite true. I don't know if our culture really has that. I wonder if that's something that actually we've lost in our post-Christian secular West Maybe we're the only culture in human history that doesn't have a culture of communal singing. Wouldn't that be weird? I wonder what we'd make of that. We occasionally sing the national anthem. We occasionally sing a chant at a sporting event. But most of our engagement with music is listening passively and individually through headphones. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with uh, putting on a record to listen to on your high-grade Sennheiser headphones in the dark after the kids have gone to sleep. Music in any form is a creative gift that glorifies God and ministers to our souls. But there's something deeply human that we miss out on in a culture where we don't tune into creation and tune our souls, tune into one another, tune into the gospel through singing together. But here in this family, here in this place, in this community, God's people, we sing. Remember how Psalm 98 begins, O sing to the Lord a new song. We sing a new song because the Lord has done a new thing. He's made us new again. He's made us whole in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our singing is an invitation to all who hear it. Come and be whole. Come and be made new. Come and regain true humanity in all its fullness. Come and find true community. Come home to God here. Friends, it's the grace of God in Jesus Christ that causes us to sing. It's the word about the one who took God's people into his own heart and came among them and took their songs upon his lips. Even as Jesus died, he sang the songs of Israel. He sang from Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He sang that song of dereliction from the depths of his heart, that song that should have been yours and mine to sing. And he embodied that song through his death in our place so that we can join him, you see, in singing the song's climax. You have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. Jesus has joined in our songs of sorrow so that we can join him in songs of everlasting praise. We sing a new song, not just the song of creatures praising their creator, but the song of the redeemed praising their redeemer. We lift our voices and our hearts to sing songs of praise in the new key of the gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen and reigning with gratitude in our hearts to God. And so it should be no surprise that the Bible's description of the end of all things is a vision of all creatures of our God and King singing the praises of the Lamb who was slain. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. That's what we do as we sing together. We join in those praises of all of God's creatures around the throne together. That's exactly what we're going to do right now.